that song that they sing out uh, there a while ago, it was just kind of like, uh, Lord, I remember where you brought me from. How many of y'all can remember where God brought you from? Maybe you're not where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be. So, you know, we've all got a lot to be thankful for when we just stop and consider how good God's been to us, His hand on us, guiding us, leading us, protecting us. So, probably all of us have still got a ways to go, but God says, I'm walking right there with you, and I'll walk all the way with you. So don't give up, because God hasn't given up on you. Uh, I need us to keep uh, one of our members here in prayer, Gene Guam. He's uh, He couldn't be here this morning, and I don't know if it's him or his wife. Uh, she is legally blind, and he has to help her quite a bit. And uh, Mel, here lately, she's been doing a lot of falling. And I don't know if that is the case or what. I'm going to call him when I get home and check on them and see if they need anything, see if they're all right. And, uh, but y'all just keep them in prayer because he's always here. He's very faithful. And uh, he, plays, he plays the bass over here and... So y'all just keep them in prayer because something is wrong that they're not here. Uh, this morning I'd like to bring you just a short message. Uh, we have all had loved ones that have left this earth and have gone to heaven. Well, I want to talk to you just a minute about what is heaven like. You know, I've talked with a lot of people, done a number of funerals, and you see the sadness, and you see the heartache when we lose a loved one. And a lot of these loved ones I knew real well. And I knew what they were going through here on this earth. And it, it's uh, knowing what heaven is like. Sometimes we're better off to be with God. I've seen them suffer through cancer. I've seen them suffer through a number of things. I've even had them ask me so many times, I don't know why God has still got me here. God's got a reason if he's still got you here. And these loved ones that we've lost... If they knew Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, believe me, they're so much better off now than what they were. You know, the Bible doesn't give us just a whole lot of information on heaven. It gives us more information on hell than it does heaven, really. But do you know that in the Bible, Jesus talked more about hell than he did heaven? Why do you suppose he would do something like that? Because he don't want you to go to hell. He knows how bad it is, and he knows how beautiful and wonderful heaven is. And he's going to be there with you in heaven. But, uh, you know, heaven, from what we can tell by the word of God, heaven is going to be a beautiful, beautiful place. It's going to be places that we can't even begin to describe. 
And I'll, I'll show you what I'm talking about here in just a minute. Uh, you know, the word heaven, whether we realize it or not, it is found 276 times in the New Testament. And uh, when it talks about heaven, it talks about three heavens. Most of us, a lot of times, we don't even realize there are three heavens. But there are. You know, the first heaven is uh, what, what, it, it's just what, what, what we call our atmosphere, really. It's where the birds and the planes and the clouds and all that are. But then there's a second heaven. That second heaven is where the planets, the moon, the stars, the sun, and the galaxies, that's where they are. And you know how far that is? We, we can't even reach out to the end of it. But yet there's a third heaven. A third heaven. Now, I'm going to read you a scripture here right fast, and this is Paul talking. Paul went to the third heaven. He says he don't know if it is in his spirit that he went or if it was in his body. He says, I know not. But when he got up there and God was getting ready to send him back, Paul was not allowed to tell us about heaven. And I'm going to read you this scripture it's out of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 2, 3, 4. And this is Paul speaking. This is Paul writing this letter. He says, I knew a man in Christ. Now he's talking about himself. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. Anyway, this happened 14 years before the book of Corinthians was written. He says, this happened like 14 years ago. Whether in the body... I cannot tell. I don't know. I don't know if I was in my body. I don't know if it was my body that went. I don't know if it was just my spirit. And it says, uh, whether or not body, I cannot tell. God knows. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. Now he's telling us right here, there's a third heaven. Third heaven is God's house. Third heaven is where God sits on his throne and he looks down here at us. And then here in verse 3 it says, and Paul's still saying, I knew such a man, whether in the body, he's still saying, or out of the body, I cannot tell you. But God knows how that he was caught up into paradise. You know, heaven is called paradise. What did Jesus tell the thief on the cross? This day you shall be with me in paradise. Heaven is still called paradise. And he said, I heard unspeakable words. Paul heard something. He says, I heard unspeakable words which is not lawful for a man to utter. God spoke to Paul. And he told Paul some things that he would not allow Paul to speak when he came back down to earth. I don't think we would have understood it. I think heaven is going to be so beautiful that whatever Paul would have told us we couldn't have comprehended it because we have nothing here on this earth to compare heaven to. We don't know what all that is. But heaven is going to be a, such a beautiful, beautiful place. And, uh, you know, when I told you a while ago in, in, the, in the second heaven, it, that, that in Genesis, God talks about this second heaven or the first heaven too, but he says, 
In Genesis 1, 14 through 18, listen to this. It says, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be signs for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And so it was. And God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day, which we know is the sun. And the lesser light to rule the night. He's talking about the moon. And he also made the stars. He uses the moon and the stars to light up the night. But he uses the sun to light up the day. And uh, so we know <coughs> that that third heaven, the human eye cannot see it. We can't even see past the second heaven. Even all the astronomers with all their high-powered stuff does not know what all is out there. They don't know what all is out there. They can't see to the end of just the second heaven. And they surely can't get to the third heaven. He said, the third heaven is not revealed to the human eye. We can't see it. This is the dwelling place of Almighty God. This is the place where Jesus promised to prepare a place for us. You know, in the book of John, when he's talking to his disciples, he said, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. The place that he is preparing for you is in the third heaven. This is where we're going to be. We will be in the third heaven and which will be the new earth. And here in, in, in John 14, 2, you'll probably already know, but this is, where Jesus, this is what Jesus is saying. He said, In my Father's house there are many mansions. He's talking about the third heaven. There are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you, but I go to prepare a place for you. Those who know and have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, you will have a home prepared for you in the third heaven. Or the new Jerusalem, the new earth. Heaven is a destination of all the saints who died trusting in God's promise. You have a place already prepared for you if you have trusted in the promise of God. Well, Bill, what promise are you talking about? It's very, very simple. And it's probably one of the most used scriptures in the whole Bible. John 3.16. Listen to what he's saying. It's the second part that I want you to hear. But the whole thing is great. He says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And, here's the promise, and that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Your everlasting life is going to be in the third heaven with God. That's where God reigns. That's where God is. That's where His throne is right now in the third heaven. Looking down upon this earth, watching us. But then John also got to see and report on a heavenly city in the third heaven. John witnessed the new earth or the new Jerusalem. You know, there's a lot of theologians out there that believe right now that the new Jerusalem or the new earth is ready to be put in place. They think that time 
is getting so close that, that, that our Lord and Savior could come back at any moment. And he can. Because nothing has to take place. Nothing else has to happen. Everything is in place. Jesus right now is sitting at the right hand of God in that third heaven. And all Jesus is waiting for is for the Father to look over at him and tell him, Son, go get my church. That's all he's got to do. Nothing has to be done. Everything is in place for the rapture to take place. And we'll be out of here. And it's going to be so quick that it's, we're really not going to even have time to, to realize what's going on. But if you know, the, if you know Jesus Christ, it says, in the, in the twinkling of an eye, this is going to take place. You know what a twinkling of an eye is? That is simply a blink. That's how fast that everything is going to take place. And you will be in your new home in that third heaven. Boy, you talk about a trip now. That's going to be a trip. And John got to witness the third heaven. But not only did he just get to see the third heaven, he got to see the very presence of God himself. He didn't see God, but he saw the presence of God. He saw the glory of God riding up that third heaven. And uh, Scripture says the third heaven will have no sun, no moon, because the Lord himself will be the light. And the sun and the moon will no longer be needed. We will not have our sun and we will not have our moon, for it will no longer be needed. The glory of God will light up the third heaven. His glory, just a brightness, the glory of God, the glory of Christ, the glory of the Holy Spirit, they're all going to be in the new heaven. You're going to get to see each and every one of them. Here in Revelations 22.5, listen to what it says. He's talking about the new heaven. It says, And there shall be no night, and they shall need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. No sun, no moon, just the glory of God lighting up everything. And it's going to be such a bright light. Can you imagine the glory of God and the brightness that it is? That is, what's going to, that is what is going to give us our light. And we also know that that third heaven, the city, is filled with, with just a brilliance of precious stones. They're on the walls, they're on the gates. The streets are gold. Look how we treasure gold. It's going to be like a pavement that the cars would drive on. Streets of gold. Heaven is going to... It's just hard to imagine the beauty and the glory that heaven is going to have. I've, I've heard some of the stories or witnesses, you know, many times... It may be like Paul. Many times there was dreams where a person has gone to heaven. And what they saw, they come back and tell us. My wife and I had a personal experience with her father. He'd had, a, he'd had uh, like a triple bypass on his heart. 
He was in the hospital. They sedated him real heavy for this triple bypass. Back then is when they had to open you up. And while he was sleeping, he said he had a dream. And he wouldn't talk about it for a long time. But he dreamed that he went to heaven. He dreamed that he saw all the beauty of heaven. He was talking about he loved, he loved flowers. He loved gardening. He said when he was standing at the gate, he looked down there and there was all these beautiful flowers just everywhere, just growing straight up. And he, all of a sudden he said there was a man that stood out there motioning him, come on, come on. Well, he said, I didn't want to step on those flowers. I didn't want to crush them. They were so beautiful. The colors were so bright. He said, the colors we have here are nothing. But that man that was motioning to, her, to, to Linda's dad kept saying, come on, come on. He stepped out. He said he did not crush the flowers. The flowers come up through his feet. It was like, he, it was just like Jesus when he walked through that door to see the disciples. He said the flowers just came through his feet. He never crushed them. He said the colors, and he could not get over the colors. And every time he would talk about it, tears would just flow. But he said, I've never seen anything. He didn't want to come back. The nurses come in and finally woke him up. Finally got him awake. He was so mad at them nurses because they woke him up and brought him back out of such a beautiful, beautiful place. And every time he would try to talk about it, try to tell us something about it, the tears would just flow. He said, I've just never, ever seen anything like this. He was a man of God. He loved the Lord. I honestly believe that the Lord let him see these things before he died. To see what heaven was kind of like. And what he told the family. You know, in his passing, made it a little easier on us. Because we knew where he was. We knew he was going to be in that beautiful paradise that he wanted to go back to so bad that we could not even begin to realize. I think that's what God was telling Paul here. Don't say a word because they won't understand what you're saying. They'll think you're crazy. To talk about heaven like this, to be telling them the things that you saw. And from what it says, it says that he was not allowed. God says when you go back, you don't say nothing. You can tell them you was here, but you don't tell them anything. It's going to be such a surprise when we get there. It's going to be a great surprise. And, uh, but he said that the 12 gates are just coated with the beautiful jewels and pearls and all that. You know, the gates are a solid pearl. They're solid pearl. It's what the Bible tells us. The gates are a solid pearl. And there's, there, <clears throat> and in the, and the foundation, they said there's going to be 12 foundations. 12 foundations of the new earth. 12 gates. 12 foundations. You know why there's going to be 12? 
because it's after the 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 foundations stand for the 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 gates stand for the 12 tribes of Israel. God's chosen people. And uh, it doesn't really, you know, up there it said that uh, as I was reading and studying on this, the paradise of the Garden of Eden will be restored. The paradise of the Garden of Eden will be restored and the river of the water of life will flow freely. We know it flows where? Where does it start? It starts from the throne of God and flows. The river of life, eternal life is what he is talking about. And he said that uh, the tree of life is available again. Where was the first tree of life? In paradise, in the garden. And that tree of life is going to be back in heaven. And it says right here that uh, yielding fruit monthly and leaves that heal the nations. We cannot even begin to imagine, like I said, how beautiful all that heaven is going to be. You know, John tried to describe it, but however beautiful John's description of heaven is, the beauty and the reality of heaven, I think it's beyond mortal man's ability to even think about what it is. Because we've never seen anything like it. Like I said a while ago, we have nothing to compare heaven to. We have no beauty here to compare heaven to. The flowers, just like Linda's dad, he said, the flowers are so, he said, I've never seen such brightness, such color. He said, in the grass, grass, he said, was so green. He said, it was just amazing is how beautiful everything was. And that's, and, that, and that's all he could talk about. Maybe that's all he was able to see. Maybe that's all he could remember before they woke him up. But he was just really, really put out and angry. He said he did everything he could to go back to sleep and dream about heaven again, but he couldn't do it. God gave him that one picture. And sometimes I think he would just sit around thinking, knew that his time was getting close, but he thought about heaven. He thought about how beautiful it is. And the place that he was going would be for all eternity. It wouldn't be for just for a little short trip and have to turn around and come back and be back here. He said, no, it'll be for all eternity. I'll be with Jesus forever and ever and ever and ever. I won't have to come back. He says, he was actually looking forward to going to heaven. When I did his funeral service, I told the people, just like I'm telling you, about what he saw, how beautiful heaven was. And most people that kind of look like, you know, well, I don't know, because uh, people can't believe how beautiful heaven is. They can't believe it. But it is gorgeous from what everybody is saying, from what the Bible says. And, it, it, and, and this right here, uh, heaven is also going to be a place where there is no more. I thought heaven was had plenty. Heaven does. But heaven also is a place, I'm going to call it, a place of no more.
Bill, what are you talking about? A place where there's no more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, no more sickness, and there will be no more separation from your loved ones and your friends. No more. Once we get there, there's no death. There's no sickness. There's no tears. There's no sorrow. Only joy to live in for all eternity. You're going to be right in the very presence of Almighty God. And, uh, you know, probably one of the very best things about heaven, just think about it, one of the very best things about heaven. We've talked about the beauty of heaven and everything, but what do you think is going to be the very best thing about heaven? You're going to be right there in the presence of God Almighty. Jesus Christ is going to get there. You're going to look, you're going to be able to look face to face upon the Lamb of God, the one who died for your sins to allow you to get to heaven. He made the way for us to enjoy what heaven's going to be like. I wish there was some way that we could see what heaven is, but God said, no. When you get here, you're going to be in awe. You're not going to believe how beautiful it is. And there's a scripture I want to read to you that even God says it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Now listen to what God is saying. But as it is written in the Word of God, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. We can imagine what God has prepared already for those that are going to be in heaven. It is just going to be, it's going to be something else. I wish the Bible gave more detail, but God says, walk in faith. Walk in faith. Believe what I'm going to have for you. Believe what I'm going to have for you. How much faith do you have? How much faith do you have? Can you believe <coughs> the beauty that heaven is going to hold? Just think, now, who's doing it? Who's doing it? the Almighty God that nothing is impossible for. Nothing is impossible for. And like I said, this will be our chance. We will get to see Him face to face. We will look upon God Himself. We'll look upon the Lamb of God. We will look upon the precious Holy Spirit that has been right here on this earth walking with us, going through the stuff that you're going through and helping you go through. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is also called the comforter to comfort you. When you go through troubles and you go through problems and certain conditions, that Holy Spirit is walking right beside you. You know, a lot of people say, well, boy, that Holy Spirit sure condemned me. No, he did not. The Holy Spirit condemns nobody. Now, the Holy Spirit will convict you, but he will not condemn you. He will convict you. How many of you have ever done something in your life 
and I'm sure we all have, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you heard, that's wrong. You should not have done that. You knew you were wrong right away. You know what that was? That was the Holy Spirit telling you. You messed up? Now straighten up. Get back right with God where you should be. The Holy Spirit is not going to force anything on you. The Holy Spirit is, the Holy Spirit is not going to force you to come to church. The Holy Spirit is not going to force you to pray. The Holy Spirit is not going to force you to do anything. It has to be your will. You have to want to do it. And that Holy Spirit will be right there with you, encouraging you, walking with you, and just helping you right along the way. But he will never force you to do anything. God gave us a free will. We make our own choices. I hope everybody in here has made the choice to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because that's going to have to happen before you see heaven. Jesus Christ has to be in your life. You have to believe that he is the Son of God. You have to believe that he came to this earth and died on the cross for you. And you have to believe on that third day he arose and now he's sitting at the right hand of God. And you know what he's doing at the right hand of God? He's interceding for you. To God, his Father. Without Christ, we are lost. We have no hope. Christ is our hope. He is our hope. Uh, I wanted to do something, and I didn't do it. I didn't know whether I could do it. But I was going to have David play a song. It's up here. I don't know how many of y'all have heard the song, How Beautiful Heaven Must Be. That is one of the most beautiful songs. Talks about heaven. I sat there and I listened to that song. And I had tears. Because it was so beautiful. This song was telling how beautiful heaven must be. The lyrics to that song were so touching. And I got to looking at the lyrics. And they're biblical. They're biblical. I'll tell you what, that would be a great and a beautiful song for somebody that knows Jesus Christ at their funeral help others get through what they're going through. You know, I've often said a funeral is for the living, not the dead. The funeral is for the living. It's for the family. It's to comfort the family, to give them that last hope of where their loved one is and that they're all right now. See, that loved one, if they know Jesus Christ, they're already there. But it's the family that needs to be comforted. I've, said it, I've, I've done funerals, and I've sat there and I've watched the family just 
totally losing it because of the sorrow of the not knowing where is my loved one? Did they get there? And then on the other hand, I've I've done the, the Christian funerals. You sit there and you look and you can see smiles. You can see happiness because they know their mother, their father, their loved ones, they know where they're at. And they know I will see them again. I will be with them again. Are you going to be with your loved ones that are going to heaven? Do you know for sure? There's one way to know, and that's to receive Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior. When you do that, you are guaranteed heaven. He made a promise to us. He will not go back on his promise. He will not. I'm going to ask the members of the band to come up here. I'm fixing to close this out. But I just wanted to let people know that there is a hope above all hope. And that's through Jesus Christ. He is our hope. And like I'm saying, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we have altars up here if you'd like to come and do it. I'm going to be down front. If you would like to pray, I'll be glad to pray with you. If you've you've got a need and you want to pray for that need, I'll be down front. I'll anoint you with oil. I'll pray over you. But you have to make the choice. I can't make it for you. A husband cannot make it for his wife. A wife cannot make it for her husband. They cannot make it for their children. This is an individual choice that has to be made. 101. One person that wants Jesus in their life come in and say, Lord, I have sinned. Forgive me and be my Lord and Savior. See how simple that is? God did not make salvation difficult. He didn't make it difficult. Romans 10.10 For whomsoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now how simple can God make it? Even I understood it. And when I came to God, I said, Lord, you said whosoever shall come to you shall be saved. Lord, I'm coming. I'm coming on bending knees. I'm confessing my sins. I'm not going to hide anything from you. You know what my life has been. And I'm asking you to forgive me. Sometimes a person does not know how heavy a weight they are carrying until it's lifted off of you. Jesus will lift that weight. Lift that weight. So if you need to come to Christ, today would be a real good day. I'm going to I'm going, to, I'm going to pray here in just a minute. And while I'm praying, we'll also, I'll also pray over the lunch. So when you get out there, just get in line, just go through there and get your place. It'd be like a buffet style for maybe some that hadn't been here before. But I will ask them to play. And if you need to come to Christ, today's the day.